Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 317, and we're talking about the day before you travel checklist. That's right, because we need a checklist. Even after 10 years of full-time travel, we're still forgetting to do the basics from time to time as we go. Yeah, we've made some ridiculously stupid mistakes recently, including me forgetting to check that I needed a visa for Ukraine just at the end of last year. That was amazing. But also just little things that if we had a checklist, life would be a lot better. So we've created this little checklist about things that you should do the day before you travel, and now we just have to remember to look at it, which is the other hard part. Yeah, I'm not so good at that side of things. No. I think I think if you had it printed out, you know, maybe like a pad, and every time you went away, you could just tick it off. That would work really well, but we don't have space in our bags for a pad. So maybe an application, we could put it, we could make an, an iPhone app. That would be useful. Yeah, but it would be an app I would never, ever, ever use. So the chance of me making it equally small. Well, this week finds us in Cartagena in Colombia, but we spent the last couple of weeks in Medellin. Yeah, it was great. We were there for two weeks. We spent the first week in Laureles, which is... A side of town that not many people stay in, but we really loved because there was a great Arepa restaurant. And then we moved across town to El Poblado, well, mostly because we'd found a co-working space over on that side and we wanted to be closer to it. And we were really happy because we found a nice hotel, well, hostel, and they did a very nice breakfast. So we enjoyed it over there. And one of my favorite things for our stay there was we, we went to a microbrewery and tried five different beers and did a little tour. It was really fun. Yeah, and it was great going from there on to another microbrewery where we tried some more beers. It was brilliant. It was a great night. We actually had quite a lot of time with friends as well. I, I made a friend at the co-working space and went hiking with her and her boyfriend. And our friend Momo from Germany was over as well. So, yeah, we had lots of people time. Here in Cartagena, we've been meeting up with some people as well. Yeah, well, we've just met one so far, but we might might be able to make friends with other people. One of my language exchange friends is from here, and I've known him for six or seven years I think we realized it was 2011, so that's five years. And we've been good friends. We're on Facebook and everything, and this is the first time we've met in person. So it's just really nice. We went out for a coffee yesterday and, and caught up in English and Spanish. So it was really cool. Our sponsor for this week is, once again, holidaycottages.co.uk. Here in Colombia, we've had a real mixed bag of accommodation, and right now I certainly wouldn't mind being in a nice, comfortable cottage in the U.K., HolidayCottages.co.uk has over 2,000 properties across the UK, and each property is personally inspected by one of their team to meet their high standards. Plus, if you're travelling with a pet, over half of their properties welcome dogs. Well, we have seen our fair share of dogs on the streets of Colombia so far, and also quite a few buskers. Here's some audio that we picked up on a bus the other day as a uh, busker jumped on and proceeded to start rapping at us. So there's an earful of the sounds of Medellin. Well, let's kick into our checklist of things that one should do before they start to travel. And let's start with the basics for leaving any country, the passport. Yes, so number one, make sure that you have your passport and that it hasn't expired. Some countries require that the passport be valid for the entire duration of your stay or for a certain number of months from arrival. So make sure that you have enough time remaining. For example, I've just applied for my new passport and I'm getting it sent here to Colombia. 
I can do it entirely online, which is really exciting. But the reason I've had to get it now instead of in July when it actually expires is because we are heading to Ecuador soon. And Ecuador requires that you have six months validity on your passport, which is really annoying. Hopefully it will arrive and I won't have any problems um, getting it sent to my friend Julian's house in, in Bogota. So I'm hoping to hear back from him and have some good news. It's also important to take your passport with you to the airport. <laughs> That's hey, right. Hey. <laughs> it wasn't me. Before we started traveling full-time, I was heading to Australia with a friend of mine. And Craig had driven us both to the airport. I was waiting in line with the bags while Craig and Matt went to get some McDonald's coffees or something like that. Suddenly, Matt came running back and he said, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I don't have my passport. And it was just luck that Craig was still around because he was going off to work. He just had time to drive Matt back to his house so he could pick up his passport, drop him back off. We managed to get to Australia fine, and Craig actually managed to get to work on time. So it had a happy ending. But oh my goodness, what a stress. So yeah, make sure the day before that you put your passport in a really obvious place and that you don't forget it when you actually go to the airport. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend putting it in a drawer, say, and especially not a drawer wedged between different table mats so that when you go to try and find it, you can't find it. We'll name no names, but uh, a close personal acquaintance has managed to uh, to miss a flight thanks to a a passport that was so carefully placed in a drawer. We were around at her house and I was getting out the placemats, which were a beautiful burgundy color. And uh, as I pulled out one of the coasters, I noticed that it wasn't a coaster, it was actually a passport. Did you know that the UK passport is a very similar color to Craig's cousin's coasters? Well, she had looked and looked and looked for her passport. She was, it was the night before, she was doing everything right, but she just didn't have time to get a replacement passport in time for her flight, so she completely missed it. And then, yes, yeah, six months later, we were around there and we found the passport, which was by then completely useless because she had managed to replace it by then. Now, along with passport goes a visa. And I know you've already checked to see if you need a visa for wherever you're going. Hey. Yes, yes, yeah. of course so you have. <laughs> it's always a good idea to look it up again. It's worth the time because visa regulations change very, very quickly, and they're often very poorly communicated to the general public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, for example, get on a train towards the country that you're going to, for example, Ukraine, and then decide to look it up on the train when it's too late to get off. I, I don't know who that happened to, but I'd really highly recommend you don't do it like that. Definitely not. Definitely not. Check for visas a couple of months out and check again uh, a week or so out. So yeah. you've got time to grab an emergency visa if things have changed. Or change your plans. I mean, quite often you can change your accommodation or change your flights if you have a day, a day to spare. But if you're doing it on the morning or on the train, you just don't have any chance at all. Well, let's talk about tickets. You've bought your tickets and coming in before the flight, it's a great idea to see if you can check in online. Often online check-ins open 24 to 72 hours before the flight. Or even a week sometimes. And checking in before you get to the airport can save a ton of time and a ton of stress. And depending on the ticket that you've bought, you might have to check in online. We flew from Medellin to Cartagena and our tickets were online check-in tickets, so we had to do it, otherwise we'd be paying a ridiculous amount at the airport. Once you've checked in, print off your boarding passes, or make sure that you've saved the code to your phone. In Central America, Central and South America, we don't seem to have this option to be able to have our boarding pass on our phone, but in many countries you can. Absolutely, yeah. Down Australia, New Zealand, and certainly all around Europe, 
uh, having a barcode on your phone has completely replaced a paper ticket or boarding pass. I normally take a screenshot of the boarding confirmation code, even if I expect to have internet access. Uh, I just like to have an offline copy, just in case. Yeah, it really makes a big difference. If you're not flying, print off any bus or train tickets you need, or make sure you have them to hand. Or if you don't have your tickets already, make sure you have a plan for buying them. We'll talk a little bit more about proof of onward travel uh, in the future, but needless to say, printed copies of tickets are going to beat electronic copies of tickets every time. So if you're going to a country where you know there's a chance of getting bounced back because of onward travel arrangements, print stuff you don't need. Definitely. It's It's better to have too much paper than not enough. (laughs) Yep. Situations like that, the person with the most paper often wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On recent uh, border crossings, we've had piles of paper, six or seven pieces, with proof of funds, proof of travel insurance, proof of accommodation, proof of onward travel, all of these things. We haven't needed any of it, except once we need a proof of onward travel. But we were just so much happy to have it, just in case. Yeah, we certainly didn't need it for any of the flights or buses or accommodation. (laughs) They didn't want to see our paper. No, but when we were flying into Cuba, we did need quite a lot of bits of paper, so it was definitely worth having. Oh, absolutely. So we mentioned accommodation there. If you haven't done it already, book some accommodation or make a plan for where to stay. We are notoriously bad for leaving this up until the last minute. Quite often people are asking, where are you staying when you arrive at the end of this flight? And we quite often say, don't don't know. know. But then again, we've also had problems like when we were flying into Berlin, we'd booked our accommodation in advance. And then just as we were getting onto the plane, we got a message saying that our credit card had been declined or wasn't accepted for some reason and that they'd cancelled our booking, which they shouldn't have because according to the booking.com terms of service, that's not how it works. But we lost our booking, which meant that once we arrived in Berlin, we were looking for another form of accommodation. In this case, I'd actually written out three or four different options as backups. I'm not quite sure why I'd done that, but I quite often do that. And that was definitely a good thing to do. If you're going to be couch surfing, it's always worth having one or two backup options as well, just in case you don't get on very well with your host or, you know, you just don't feel so comfortable. If you are staying with someone, whether it's through couch surfing, Airbnb or a friend, contact them to confirm your arrival time. We've had a few issues where there's been a miscommunication on when we're arriving. In the case that we're thinking of, we actually were just about to contact our host was the night, well, the afternoon before we got to contact him and let him know we'll be arriving at this time the next day. And he contacted us to say, where are you? I'm at the bus station waiting for you. Because Craig had somehow miscommunicated to say that we'd be arriving on the Monday instead of the Tuesday. So I still feel bad about that. Sorry, Charlie. Make sure you record the address and phone number somewhere other than your phone. So if your phone runs out of batteries or something else happens to it, you've still got a place to sleep that night. I can't stress how important it is not to rely on your internet roaming or indeed your phone at all when you arrive. Uh, we make sure that the details are at least up in Gmail or somewhere like that. So if there's a problem with the device then there's still a way to gather that information. I was reading an article yesterday, I'm not sure who it was by, but they suggested that you write the address on a post-it note and stick it to the back of your passport, which is not a bad idea because quite often you'll have to fill in forms at the airport that 
includes that information. Well, that's right. It was in the magazine on the flight that we were on the day before yesterday in Viva Colombia. Uh And I thought that was quite a good idea because it's low tech and you've got it really right to hand. You don't have to pull out your phone or your computer when you need to fill in that form. It's a great idea to mentally run through the entire journey you're going to make from your starting point to your accommodation after you arrive. Think about how are you going to get to and from the airport uh, after you arrive on the other side, how are you getting from the airport to your hotel or where you're staying? Uh, there's a website we use all of the time, which is toandfromtheairport.com. Super handy website. Rome to Rio is also helpful, but it doesn't have everything you need. But yeah, both of those websites are very useful. Double check the timings and have a backup plan. When we were planning on going to the airport in Medellin, we had about five or six options available to us. We could taxi then bus, or we could Uber then bus, or we could get a a hotel arranged transfer, or we could Uber it all the way. And so there was a whole bunch of different things in play around cost and time, and in the end we just made the best decision for us. Do check the prices for local transport if you're going to use it. And this can be really tough. But you know what it's like when you jump off a plane and you've exchanged some money and you're trying to catch a $1 bus with a $100 note. It's really difficult to get that kind of change out of local transport drivers. And quite often when you're first off the plane, you have these huge notes that no one's able to break for you. Yeah, when we arrived in Costa Rica, we didn't really have much of a plan for getting to our hotel. I think we kind of imagined we'd catch a bus or possibly an Uber. And uh, when we arrived, we went and changed just $20 into the local currency. And uh, we asked what the best way to get into town was, and they said by, by local bus. Luckily, when we changed money, we ended up with quite a lot of small notes. And so we were sorted, and it was a, it was very easy to get into town. We asked for some advice for this show on Facebook, and Rosie came back to us and said that she always makes sure to save the directions from point of arrival to where she's staying. It's so much less stressful if she knows where she's going and how to get there when she arrives. If you're heading to Italy and would like some help with organizing transport or accommodation there, or many of the things we talk about on the show, our second sponsor of this episode will be able to help. We're talking about Select Italy. Select Italy designs custom itineraries and books a whole range of products and services, including great tours, romantic wedding or honeymoon trips, along with ticketing services for museums and musical events right throughout Italy. Visit selectitaly.com to learn more. Unfortunately, Select Italy won't be able to help you with our next point, which is about packing. I think you'll have to do that yourself. I just want a valet. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Well, when you're packing, you know us... Pack light. Take the least amount of stuff you can in order to achieve your goals for the trip. But make sure that you have all the clothes and equipment you need. Don't end up going somewhere with not enough undies. It's very frustrating. Be sure to check the airline's size and weight limit for baggage according to your ticket class and make sure you're not too far over. You can sometimes squeeze in an extra couple of grams, but if it comes to a couple of kilos, you'll be paying a lot more. We were sitting next to a lady on the plane into Cartagena who had a terrible experience while we managed to walk through with no problems at all. Yeah, what happened was she didn't realize that the included carry-on bag, the bag that was included in her ticket, was a small one, like a handbag size. And if she wanted to carry on a standard size carry-on bag, she had to pay extra. 
Now, we've experienced this before because Wizz Air in Europe also has this, this policy that you get a free small bag, but if you want a, you know, a normal carry-on size bag, like we have, the kind of 30 to 40 liters, you have to pay for it. And I found it really interesting recently because a lot of airlines seem to be charging more for the big carry-on bag than for a check-in bag. So these budget airlines are training us not to check in bags and then punishing us for it. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I'm wondering what's happened in the in the economy of flying that's made that shift. They're trying to reward a different type of behavior than they were five years ago. Something's going on. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Be sure to check the policies when you're booking your, your flights because we booked an interjet flight. I think it was interjet recently. And we didn't realize that a checked bag was included, but a carry-on bag was extra. And so I paid extra for the carry-on bag because for us, the convenience of not having to go and get our bag and also the security of having our bags with us at all times is worth it. But I mean, we would have saved 20 or $30 if we'd just checked the bag in. Oh, weird, eh? Weird. Be sure you've got the toiletries you need and make sure they are in packets that you're allowed to take on the plane with you. If you're checking bags, then you can't take any aerosols with you. If you're going carry-on only, then in many airports and uh, in many countries, you're not allowed to take anything that's larger than 100 mils. Quite often with domestic flights, it doesn't matter, though. I mean, we just flew from Medellin to Cartagena, and I was pulling out my bits and pieces. You know, you have to pull out your computer to scan it separately. And I asked if I needed to pull out my toiletries. And they said, oh, no, liquids, we don't care about that. So I kind of packed all of my toiletries into these plastic bags, especially a couple of them were admittedly a little bit over 100 mils, but they couldn't care less. That's another thing. While you're packing, make sure that you pack your toiletries at the top of your bag so that you can get them out easily. Same with your computer, because... When you're going through security, you'll have to make sure that you pull out your computer, pull out, maybe pull out your toiletries, and you don't want to have to be digging around. I was just about to say something similar, but for a much more selfish reason. Make sure you have everything that you'll want to use, eat, drink, or play with while you're on the flight near the top of your bag. Mm -hmm. uh, I always make sure that along with all those things I need for security, I've got a notebook and pen and a set of headphones near the top of my bag. Yeah, you might find it helpful to pack a separate bag that you then put within your larger bag if you're going carry-on size only. Many airlines only allow you to have the one bag. Although these days it seems like more and more allow you to have the big bag and then a smaller bag as well. If you can do that, then having the smaller bag with maybe your Kindle uh, or a book to read, your headphones, things like that, maybe a bottle of water, an empty bottle of water, unfortunately, and you can fill it up on the other side, that will be really helpful. A few general tips to finish off. Make sure that you have travel insurance or that your existing travel insurance or home contents health insurance is going to be valid for where you're going. Definitely. And print out a copy of that if you're going somewhere that requires you to show that. We always keep a copy of that in with our passports just in case we get asked. Yeah, and also just in case something happens to us, it uh, should be reasonably easy to find our insurance information if something happens to us and people are digging through our bags. Wouldn't it be nice to be digital only? I mean, we try so hard to limit our weight and then we're carrying around these pieces of paper. Yeah. But it just saves so much hassle. Yeah, it's a bit crazy, eh? If you're traveling to a country that uses a different currency to the one you're in, make a plan for getting money. You could pre-purchase some currency 
You could plan to make a withdrawal from a local ATM, although make sure that there is an ATM where you're going because one time we were traveling somewhere in Bolivia or Peru and we thought, oh, there'll be ATMs, even though we'd read somewhere that there wasn't. I don't know why we thought that there would just magically be ATMs when we'd read there weren't. So make sure you've checked that there are ATMs available and that you can use them because in Cuba, for example, many cards aren't accepted. So that's something to look into. Yeah, as with everything, we've always played it very casual when it comes to getting cash, knowing that there's a reasonable chance we'll be able to exchange some cash that we have or that we'd be able to withdraw some money or that we'd be able to use credit cards to at least get to a point where we can get some money. But it's got a bit crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, once in Chile, we were in the middle of an earthquake and the well, we weren't trying to get money out in the middle of an earthquake. I'm just imagining myself jumping up and down trying to get the card in the machine. But for about three or four days later, there was no connection to our bank back home. And so the ATMs would not accept our card. We couldn't withdraw money because the ATM machine couldn't get a connection with our bank to validate dispersing the cash to us. So we were really getting tight on cash, even though four or five of us pulled all our available money. We were still right on the edge. Luckily, we were traveling with the Chilean guy, and he was able to get some money out eventually. So that covered us until us Kiwis could get some out as well. Another way of uh, planning to get money is to take some cash with you to convert on arrival. One thing Craig and I always do is make sure we have some US dollars buried in the bottom of our bag for emergencies, and that can be really helpful. We found that useful, actually, when we were crossing the border from from Costa Rica to Panama because we were asked for a $1 charge, and it had to be in US dollars. We didn't realize at the time that Panama uses U.S. dollars because all reference to the currency was the Bolivar, the Bolivar, which is also what it can be called. But it's actually U.S. dollars. They have different coins, but they also use U.S. coins as well. It's very confusing. But anyway, luckily, we had a few U.S. dollars just floating around and we had one U.S. dollar or two U.S. dollars available to pay the tax. Otherwise, we would have been a bit stuffed. Mm. Thanks to Christine Parkhill, who on Facebook gave this great piece of advice. Don't forget to make sure you've got enough cash in the account you plan to withdraw cash from. Now, I play our checking account pretty close to the line and try and keep as much in short-term savings accounts as possible. And so that is a great tip. And one uh, one that we have been caught out on in a couple of occasions. Our next general tip is to download podcasts or audiobooks for the journey and to update your apps. If you've got a good Wi-Fi connection, make the most of it to get everything you need for the journey. I always forget to do this, and I get to the airport and I think, oh, now's a good time to listen to a podcast. Done. (laughs) Tragic. Our library has a connection with the Overdrive app, which is really handy for getting e-books and audio books for short-term rental, so for 21, 28 days. Absolutely perfect. If only it worked. I'm having huge problems with it at the moment. (laughs) Working fine for me. Don't know what your problem is. Mm. Another great thing to download in advance is a map. In the past, we've used a couple of different systems, but now with Google Maps, you can download city-by-city maps to take offline, and they stay in the cache, I think, for 30 days before they go away. So it's great to do that in advance. It means you can get all of the Google Maps information that you'd like to have with you while you're away from home and while you're offline. The day before you travel, or more specifically, the night before you travel, it's really important that you set an alarm or several alarms to wake you up the next morning. 
I particularly like it when I'm traveling in the afternoon and I don't have to worry so much about waking up because I always feel a bit stressed. Another person who also feels like this is Amanda Kendall, who sent through this tip about setting several alarms to wake you up in the morning. She also said to check the weather in your destination and just generally try not to panic. Panic! I definitely understand that feeling. Sometimes when I'm going to sleep the night before a big trip, I just, I get all stressed. I don't know what's going on. It's weird. It's like the night before an exam. But uh, usually it all goes well. It's interesting. We're talking with a guy, Marius, over dinner in Medellin. And I was saying how I'm not a nervous flyer, but I'm nervous around airports. And he's fine until he gets on the plane. And then he's worried about the flying part of it. So I'm worried about all of the preparation, getting there on time, getting through security, not having a problem with border control, also getting a decent cup of coffee before flying. All of these things are tiny little stressors that kind of accumulate and accumulate and and tire me out during the day. He breezes through all of that but starts getting nervous when it's time to take off. I suppose we all have our, our pressure points, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, speaking of Amanda Kendall, we spoke to her earlier this week, which was really exciting. She interviewed us for her Thoughtful Travel podcast, which is going to be coming out on March 25th. So keep an eye out for that, and you'll hear our dulcet tones around there as well. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be good. We met Amanda while we were in Perth, and she's still got her home there. If you do have a home, it's something that we left behind quite some time ago. But if you're leaving behind a home, then there's probably a ton of extra work you have to do that we know nothing about, and are quite happy to leave it to you. Yeah, I'd like to say thanks to a podcast listener who sent through his extensive pre-trip winterproofing checklist. He quite often goes away for winter, and he has to set up his home which is in the middle of the United States where there are really, really cold snaps. And uh, he had pages and pages of things he does in the weeks leading up to a big trip. You might not have to do all of this, and if you do, I'd recommend you put together your own pre-trip checklist. But some basic things that you might want to do. Number one, clean the house so you come back to a pleasant environment. I think it's essential. I once went to stay in a house. It was a, a second home. And when I got there, it was all dirty. And it wasn't very nice to arrive to that. The people who who had the home didn't really value cleaning it before they went away and they didn't have a cleaner. So when I arrived, I gave it a quick clean and it was fine. But it's so much nicer to arrive home to a clean house. If you are going to be leaving your house through a time where there may be snow or extreme winter temperatures, make sure you winterproof all of your pipes before you go. Next up, if you've got a house that are coming to look after your house, call the person who's coming to confirm the arrival time or leave a set of keys with your neighbor for emergencies. Yeah, it's always a good idea to have someone in the local community you can trust to look after the place for you. Even if you're not planning on going away for quite some time, this might be a great day to go knock on your neighbor's door, say hi, and uh, start up a conversation. Yeah, it's always good to have good relationships with your neighbors. And finally, I know it's silly, but you don't want to be sitting on the plane worrying about this. Make sure that you unplug your electrics, make sure you turn off the gas, make sure the oven's not on, make sure that the iron isn't plugged in, and make sure you lock all of your doors and windows. If you have to go around and check all of that specifically before you go, the 10 minutes it takes will be well worth it for your mental health for the next week or so. Definitely, and if you're leaving early in the morning, it's much better to do this the night before as much as you can. Just leave the one door you'll be leaving out of unlocked. Well, lock it before you go to bed, but you know, don't worry too much about it and lock everything else. And uh, it'll just be so much better the next day. 
Well, that brings us to the end of our day before you travel checklist. I know we've, we've strayed a bit further than the day before you travel, but it's important to uh, get all this done. We wanted to put it out there, wanted to create some show notes that acted as a, a nice little kind of memory bump for you to make sure that before you go, everything's stress-free and you can enjoy your trip. If we've missed anything, we will be adding to, to this document in the show notes at Indie Travel Podcast. You can get in touch with us at IndieTravelPodcast.com or Facebook.com slash IndieTravel. Uh, you'll also find us on Instagram and Twitter with the Indie Travel handle. <laughs> Now, our sponsor for this week is holidaycottages.co.uk, and one thing that sets them apart is the fact that their reservations team is on hand to help with questions every day until late. So if you think of something the day before you travel, you can get in touch with them for help. They also won Best Holiday Accommodation Provider for Customer Service at the British Travel Awards, so you can be sure to get good quality help when you're staying in a holidaycottages.co.uk cottage. Well, we are not heading to the UK this week, more's the pity. What are we going to be up to? Well, we're here in Cartagena. Uh, we've had some accommodation problems ourselves, actually. We checked into a hotel that was supposed to be four stars, but wasn't. We couldn't get any sleep because it was so noisy and the Wi-Fi was really bad. I think it was point four stars. I think we just misread it. Possibly, possibly. So we spent quite a lot of time over the last two days trying to find somewhere suitable, and we've ended up in an Ibis. And we don't usually stay in these brand name hotels, but we just thought that the internet might be adequate. It's okay but it's definitely not up to the standard that we'd really like to see. Yeah, it's quite weird going from a budget hotel in the city, going around all of the hostels, going around all of the boutique hotels, and ending up in a, a brand name hotel outside of the old town centre. It seems really counterintuitive, but it's just what's going to be meeting our needs this week. And we've got a beautiful sea view, so that's really good. So we weren't sure whether we were going to stay in Cartagena for a week or two weeks, and accommodation issues seem to be pushing us out, so we might be heading to Santa Marta at the end of the week. And then we'll be just exploring a bit more of Colombia, heading to Bogota. I can pick up my passport. Then we go to Ecuador, back to Bogota, and then on to Panama. But I'm sure we'll speak to you before then. But that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.